Buenos dias from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 5th of January, 2023. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. 2022 came to an end, and so did the interim government of Juan Guaido. On Friday the 30th, a total of 72 deputies who supported Guaido as interim president of Venezuela in 2019 approved the elimination of the so-called interim government. The parliamentarians meeting virtually ratified this decision despite the rejection of a small group that defended the continuity of the interim. Likewise, they agreed to keep the opposition parliament elected in 2015 active only to legislate Venezuela's resources abroad, which could have been controlled by the interim government until now. Following the news on Tuesday the 3rd, Ned Price, spokesman for the State Department, reported that the White House still does not recognize Maduro as legitimate president of Venezuela. In a press release, Price said that after the elimination of the interim government, they would recognize the 2015 opposition parliament as Venezuela's legitimate governing body. In 2019, 64 countries recognized the recently dissolved interim government of Guaido. To date, only four have kept up their decision. On Wednesday, the four John Kirby, spokesman for the U.S. government's National Security Council, announced in a press conference that the U.S. government will continue to work with Guaido and other democratic leaders of Venezuela. However, he did not say whether they would continue to recognize Guaido as the country's interim president. After news of the dissolution of the interim government on Friday the 30th, Carlos Vecchio, Venezuela ambassador appointed by Guaido in the United States in 2019, announced the cessation of the activities of the diplomatic legislation in that country. However, on Twitter, Vecchio shared his position, publishing a statement dismissing the opposition's parliament's decision as an unconstitutional historical error. From president to presidential candidate. On Sunday the 1st, Guaido announced that he will be evaluating whether or not he will participate in the primary election scheduled for 2023, in which the opposition plans to choose a unitary candidate to face Chavismo in the next presidential elections. In an interview for the Spanish media Ritve, Guaido warned that there is a possibility that this electoral election will not be fair due to dictatorship. However, he also accepted that it is the only mechanism for Venezuelans to exercise their right. Moving on, on Sunday the 1st, Maduro announced that he is ready to re-establish relations with the United States government. In an interview with the French journalist Ignacio Ramanet, Maduro said that he was prepared to start a normalization process of diplomatic, consular, and political relations with the United States government. In 2019, Maduro broke relations with Washington when the then-administration of Donald Trump recognized Guaido as president of Venezuela. Speaking of re-establishing relationships, on Friday the 30th, U.S. oil company Chevron sent two oil tankers to Venezuela. Outlet media Angus announced that Chevron loaded 250,000 barrels of Boscan heavy crude oil in Bajo Grande, Zulia State. This is the first shipment to be sent to the United States by Chevron after the approval of the General License Number 41, which allows the company to expand its activities in Venezuela, something that has not happened in four years. The shipment is considered an incentive for the Maduro administration to work with opposition leaders and have a presidential election at the end of 2023. Next up, on Wednesday the 4th, directors of the oil company Petropiar approved the appointment of Martin Philipson as the new general manager for the organization. The appointment was announced last December 8th. Philipson is also the current general manager of the North American Chevron in Venezuela. This would be the first time that a Venezuelan official is not in charge of the management of a state oil company due to Venezuelan laws establishing the PDVSA must maintain the shareholding majority in all actions. In other news, on Monday the 2nd, 
Venezuela, and Brazil restored diplomatic relations after the inauguration of Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva as president of Brazil. Some social movements in Brazil held an event at Brasilia to hand over the Venezuelan embassy to the Maduro administration. The meeting took place at the embassy headquarters and included the participation of the president of the Chavista National Assembly, Jorge Rodriguez. Venezuela and Brazil interrupted their diplomatic relations in 2019 when the government of then-president Herr Bolsonaro recognized Guaido as interim president of Venezuela. The relationship between Brazil and Venezuela thawed quickly. On Tuesday the 3rd, Ramon Velasquez, Minister of Transportation, announced that the Maduro regime plans to open a flight between Brazil and Venezuela during the first quarter of 2023. In a press conference, Velasquez said that the tourist route will have its destination as the island of Margarita in the state of Nueva Esparta. He assured that this new destination would allow Venezuela to strengthen the tourism sector and guarantee the growth of the non-oil economy. From the air to the ocean... On Tuesday the 3rd, Erica Vergas Oviedo, president of the Bolivian State Sports Company, reported that Venezuela received its first cruise from Europe in 15 years. The Amadea cruise arrived at the island of Margarita with almost 500 European tourists. In that last decade, the tourism dropped in Venezuela as a consequence of the U.S. blockade, the country's insecurity and economic collapse, the exchange control, the scarcity of products, and the problems in public services such as water and electricity that scared away the tourists. Now from the ocean to the earth. On Sunday the 1st, Colombia and Venezuela open a new bridge to unite both countries. The new bridge is called Tienditas and it links Tachira and Colombia's Norte de Satender. The bridge construction ended in 2016, but it had never inaugurated because of the political tension between both countries. Finally, after seven years, private vehicles started crossing the bridge for the first time, making the total opening of the shared border in addition to cargo and people that have been transiting. On Wednesday the 4th, Venezuela and Colombia inaugurated by Jose Antonio Paez International Bridge, which connects the Colombian city of Aruca or the Venezuelan town of El Amparo of the Indiapur state. This is the second bridge inaugurated in 2023. Civil and military authorities from both countries attended the event, including Guillermo Reyes, Colombian Minister of Transportation, who made the announcement on social media accounts. In more news about the borders between Colombia and Venezuela, on Tuesday the 2nd, Miguel Peñanara, director of the Cucura Metropolitan Area, announced that public transport units older than 20 years will not be allowed to enter Colombia through the Atenejo Girdo International Bridge. Peñanara asked the Venezuelan government to give a loan of renewal to the automotive sector in his country since the usual life of Colombian transport is 20 years. Moving on, on Thursday the 29th, Venezuelan Observatory of Violence, or OVV, reported 1370 cases of disappearance in this country in 2022, 16% less than last year, which represents an average of four disappeared persons per day. In its annual report, the OVV reported that Venezuela remains among the three most violent countries in Latin America in 2022. Considering that the death rate includes categories such as police intervention with 1240 cases, deaths by investigation with 6,000 homicides, and 2,300 disappearances. Next up on Thursday the 29th, the Venezuelan Prison Observatory, or OVP, denounced that the cells located in police centers exceeded up to 10 times their operational capacity, housing 50 people in spaces created for four or five. In a report, the OVP explained that prisoners should not remain in these facilities for more than 48 hours, yet there are prisoners who live for years in these cells. The observatory stated that the detainees 
do not have spaces to receive sunlight or do some physical activity, and do not have rights to receive visits to make phone calls. Activists and political leaders point to their procedural delay as the main cause of the prison situation. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. That way you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at venezuela at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima. Thank you.